I think what I'm looking forward to is, is, is trying to understand what the use case is, right? There's always a kind of a one line that summarizes the products that Apple announces, right? The iPad, it was sort of the internet in your hand. The iPhone is three devices in one. The watch notifications on your wrist. Like what's the, the one line they want people to take away from this announcement? I think that's what I'm curious. Cross the road on your face. Cross the road on your face. Welcome to Gear It Up. I'm Andrew Edwards. I am John Rentinger. John. Andrew, great to be one of back. these days. One of these days, I get to be first. I get to be you know welcome. What? Let's make that today that day. I mean, well, now it's the, the moment's passed. No, no, no. Listen, listen. We're going to restart the show. We're going to leave this in, but also restart the show. You welcome everyone, and I will sit back. I'm going to try. We're going to see how it goes. Right. I'm going to do a little bit of a better job. Welcome everybody to the Geared Up Podcast. I am your primary host, John <laughs> Rettinger. I guess that would make me the tertiary host, Andrew Edwards. And Andrew. Yes. We are not alone today on the show. Not today. Not ever. We should probably say who we have. And I think in the pantheon of our guests, and we've had some of the greats of the greats, the big of the big, the giant of the giant, the mammoth of the mammoth, mm. I think we have returning after about a 12-month hiatus, perhaps the greatest guest in the history of the show. Bringing the show back up to its former glory because in the past 12 months, it has just been all downhill until now. Until we got the man back himself. Mm-hmm. Can anybody guess now who we have? And I'm sure that was obvious. The answer should be very obvious. But welcome, John Prosser, back to the show. Hey, thanks for having Oh, slow clap. Thank you, Andrew. <laughs> thanks for having me. Yeah, I mean, if the last person you had was Sam, yeah, the show's going back up now. Yeah, <laughs> you're fine. Yeah. Mom, we love Sam. Sam. Your co-host, Sam. The co-host of the Genius Bar. Yeah, Sam. yeah, yeah. He's the loud one. Which yeah, is crazy. but sort of how John today was the primary host. Yeah. I'm the primary host of my show. So if you have mm-hmm. the other guy on, it's like getting the generic version of the serial that you want. I mean, we haven't told Andrew <laughs> how many times that I've been on your podcast you know, before you guys ask him. So it's, it's, mm. it's, it's, it's easier that way. Uh, wait, John, you've never been on Genius Bar. I have not. No, never. Andrew, you you have once. I've been right? on once. I've been on once, which I don't understand. Usually, Will you I send my I send you in- invitation. I send you weekly notes every time you release a pod. I send he you does. weekly notes. This okay? is not a bit for the show. Both. He actually does. I text this. you both. I'm like, here's my thoughts on every segment. I and agree it's with all, and with it's, John. It's always you agreeing with me. Yeah, <laughs> correct. <laughs> John, right, you we have, gotta, we gotta, my, you have show, a though. formal invitation a right now to come about. on to Genius Bar. Yes. I'm busy agenda for this show. Okay, true, what's the true, true. give us the agenda? We're gonna go through one by one. Obviously, we have a lot of things in, in the works in the rumor mill yes. with Apple. But I want to do a quick follow-up to last week, though, just a very quick one. We opened up last week's show talking about games, video games, if John Prosser isn't aware. And I wanted <laughs> to do a quick follow-up. Just something I, yeah. I observed for my own self, and I want to see if you guys see the similar. I feel like the older I get in my life, the more that my peers, my friends, are playing single-player games as opposed to multiplayer games. Now, the reason I bring this up is because I like playing multiplayer games. I like playing with my friends. I've been playing Halo Infinite Season 3, the new Fortnite season, the new Destiny expansion, 
all these things do came you, out last do you week. Schedule, do you schedule your games with friends the way you do the show, like two months <laughs> no, in I do advance? Not. I do not. Maybe, maybe I should. Maybe, maybe that's By the, the problem. By the way, are you available because... March 14th at 2 p.m.? <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's the problem, because when I go online, it's either all my friends are playing single-player games, or the one multiplayer game they are playing is Call of Duty Warzone, which I'm not really mm. that into. And I'm curious, yes. number one, do you guys find yourselves playing more single-player or multiplayer games at this stage in your life i mean i can't remember the last time i played a multiplayer game like with other people. Mm. well there's that okay answer. there's the answer yes john is similar age to me so okay i'm multiplayer you're a multiplayer guy yeah i don't for me i i don't think you could get me to sit down and play a video game by myself mm. i will always rather do something else video games aren't my first choice but video games with friends that goes way higher up on the list it's okay. like the difference between having Sam on the show or having me. I don't got know. it. But got yeah. it. <laughs> I'm the multiplayer. I got three kids at home. I'm always surrounded by people. I am so happy to have not be surrounded by anybody. <laughs> to no, you're playing life on multiplayer. Yeah. Like to not talk to anybody <laughs> and just play is like my happy place. <laughs> that does make sense. And I mean, I, I will do both. Like I'm looking forward to the new Zelda game dropping in like yep. under two months. Very much so. But I guess the thing is, some of the games I like are multiplayer games, and I'd rather play them with friends instead of strangers, especially when the strangers mm. are like eight-year-olds who kill me instantly and then like scream into their headset like random eight-year-old stuff. I can't stop, but that is how I end every single night is just I go on Call of Duty, I get mm. yelled at by eight-year-olds, and I go to sleep. That's my ritual every night. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, let's get into some of this news. Yes. First one. What I'm trying to do on this show is kind of go in order of expected release dates. Okay. So first one, first up, MacBook Air 15-inch, who Mr. Ross Young says, still says, is coming next month, April. Do we believe this? It feels so... I mean, the only time Ross Young has been blatantly wrong was when he was like, the iPhone... SE is going to be called the iPhone SE Plus Maximus or whatever he said it was going to be called. It was like completely wrong. It was like the iPhone SE 5G Plus is what he said it was going to be called, but it was going to be the same size. Yeah. So what wow. he Wait, said what? made no, yeah, it made no sense and it didn't happen, but that is what broke his 100% track record. I don't know why he gave it up for that. Okay. So aside from that, you're saying he's extremely accurate then. Yeah, I mean, he's the closest to 100% accurate that you could get, minus that one blunder, which was so just So we're a expecting then. Yeah. So there was no March event. Usually it's, right. it's a spring event, either in March or April. Apple released already the yellow iPhone, along with the, the new Biggest product of the year. Right. So we're thinking there's going to be, I'm assuming then it won't be an event kind of thing and more of a press release. Here's a new size. Enjoy, everybody. I mean, that makes the most sense to me. With a lot of Apple rumors, especially when it comes to hardware, mm -hmm. when you hear something from the supply chain or basically not directly from an internal Apple source, sometimes a lot of that information is old. Like we might just be hearing it today, but that might be based on information old, yeah. from months ago. And so there could very well have been a time where Apple was considering, should we go portless or should we go USB-C, right? And uh -huh. they might have been having this conversation. Now, I know nothing about the portless conversation at all, 
they might have been going back and forth on this. And then, you know, they obviously they make test devices and things like that. And so they could have made a test device and we're checking this out. And then the rumor comes out, oh, Apple's going to be going portless. But that was really just to to see if it was viable. And they realized this isn't yeah. viable at all. So we thought I mean, about think it. About we tried how it. Long, think about how long something has been up in the air for it to finally get through via supply chain. By the time anybody in the supply chain knows... There's people that are higher up that have known for years and years and years. Like the supply chain, they're the last people to know for that exact reason. Because once you give the information to that many people working on a project, that's when it tends to get out. And so, yeah, Andrew, you're probably right. It's probably like a year or two old. So, John, if we do go portless, when do you see when you see that happening? I don't know. Maybe 2020, 2025, 2026, maybe. So when we get at least a portless one, I don't know why. All Do these years, like it's always time? been mentioned that it was like only going to be one. I feel like it's too soon. Is it just me that feels like it's too soon to be portless? I'm not even, I'm not even talking soon, about yeah. data. I'm only talking about charging speeds. It is too soon, I would say, yeah. It feels to me like when you're in the car, I don't know, like we, you're able to plug in and charge quickly when necessary right now, unless the portless iPhone has double the MagSafe charging speed or something. Yeah. You, you're going to be in situations where you can't really charge that that well. Isn't there an intermediary option? You presume that comes in the box. What would it be? $500 accessory Apple sells you after the fact that everybody needs. And Apple loves doing it. Just a dongle that you plug into your USB-C port. You can do your wireless transfer that way. Everybody's complaining about a cable. It's the same deal. You plug something into a port. You just don't have a cable in between. But if it's portless, there's no port. Well, you said it's portless. No, no, no. no I'm not talking portless. I'm not talking port on the iPhone. If you're worrying about a cable and plugging into your car... There's a dongle that will go into that port. Mm. Oh, I see. There's a Wi-Fi code, Wi-Fi protocol, or Bluetooth, or AirPlay, whatever they decide to use for, for data transfer. It's pretty simple. Right. Sounds simple. Like, I'm the one who, like, I could make it. But uh, it's certainly a, an intermediary solution to all those problems. Yes. But, John, you mentioned the iPhone Ultra. Is that, like a, is that just a rebranded Pro Max, or is that a real thing? I know. It's a separate thing, yeah. Should be next year. I don't know why we heard about it coming this year. I don't think there's any current rumors that say it's coming this year, but it's it's a no. next year thing. So it'll live alongside a Pro Max? Yeah. Like what's New gonna series. make this like what's gonna make this ultra? No, no clue. No wait, no clue. No port. <laughs> that's why. I mean so that's but, why. but I guess if you play it forward, right, you can kind of anticipate what technology Apple would put in. But I mean honestly looking at where they're headed, but also kind of what flagship Androids have had for a few years, Apple tends to wait to put it. What so would if it you be? It, so if, if you do app. if you do just play that game out and again I'm basing this on absolutely nothing I have zero source yeah. nobody Apple talks to me anymore at all <laughs> but I'm just guessing here so start the cameras right you can't release an ultra phone that has the same cameras as a Pro Max right yeah. mm-hmm. presumably presumably this year's Pro Max and John's copy if I'm wrong didn't get a periscope camera yep so I mean perhaps we'll see higher video resolution higher zoom so maybe we'll see what. 10x this year the moon the moon yeah an actual moon. we'll see the moon i mean it, it's, it's, it's t- 10x is a rumor this year right yeah the periscope okay so okay. 15 20x what else can they do on the screen right we already have oled probably not much else that can be be done there the promotion implementation is really solid what about how the phone gets unlocked i hope it's not larger i would be yeah. i would be upset if it was larger what about the phone gets unlocked it has to look different is that the first time we see under display face ID? Is that where we see touch ID under display make its appearance? Is that the first phone that's portless? Is that a phone that can be docked to a monitor 
and give you an altar mm. phone being portless sounds right to me. Right? I mean, that's sort of the whole I can't say it's the whole reason for portless, but being so insanely waterproof with no real buttons, no ports on a phone that's dubbed ultra. I go for that. I mean, right. That that would that would make sense. What about wireless? Uh, I like the wireless? docking idea, though. The docking. Yeah, idea. Like you can dock it to a display and get like an iPad like interface. That right? seems too consumer friendly for Apple to do. <laughs> <laughs> Samsung's done it with Dex, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wireless Dex. And again, I'm just totally picking stuff out my butt here and throwing it at a wall. What's going to separate a phone? If you're going to have a phone, that's presumably going to charge for, I'm guessing, spec'd up probably around $2,000. Oh yeah. I mean if you got a Pro Max it goes up to what 15? I believe 15 16. If you go to a, if yeah. you go to a terabyte. Yeah. So okay, so 17 18 100 buck. Like you got to bring the thunder. You can't just make it yellow and expect everybody to run and jump and buy it. Anyway, I'm just Or I'm, you I'm, do, or that's exactly what you do. Catch them all off guard. I mean, it's yeah, it's like here's a <laughs> finally the red phone. It's costing an extra 600 bucks. <laughs> Maybe they should include all the accessories in the box that are charging you uh, extra form after the fact. <laughs> anyway i'm completely spitballing ideas here but if it is a real thing i think those are things that maybe keep an eye on as technology continues to evolve over the next you know what uh 16 months mm-hmm. yeah that's exciting that's very exciting i mean something completely new and different when apple released the iphone 10 the original expectation that they had, because that launched at $1,000, which, you know, remember everybody balked at at the time, yeah. $1,000 for a smartphone. This is crazy. One of the strategies they were going for was, so basically people would say back in the day and probably still, why do these more niche Android devices have more features or better hardware than iPhones, right? Apple has all this money. What is going on? And Part of the problem is if you have this 20 megapixel camera sensor that you can stick into a Nokia Lumia or something like that, mm-hmm. Apple would need to get 200 million of those, whereas Nokia might only need 1 million of those for the year, yeah. right? So if the manufacturer can't make that, because if any one piece of the iPhone is unavailable, Apple cannot make the iPhone. Right. Right. So they've always been safer with what they've chosen, which ended up being not as cutting edge hardware pieces. And so one of the original thoughts they had at the time was we'll do this more expensive phone. It'll be a thousand dollars and it'll be where we can put those kinds of things because most people aren't going to buy that one. And they'll buy the eight and the eight plus, which they also release simultaneously, the eight and the eight plus and the 10 will be more of like a niche phone. But what happened was yeah. everybody just <laughs> bought that. the iPhone 10. And so that kind of went away. I'm curious if that's kind of where they would go with the Ultra, though, again. But I don't know because they released the Apple Watch Ultra, which I assume, again, they thought that would be our, our lower volume watch. Uh-huh. And what happened was everyone this year bought the Ultra and not the Series 8. Well, that's, is, why, that's like no crazy. one. I think the sales for the 14, 14 plus this year have been not great. Like everyone has yeah. been right. buying the Pro phones. Which like is the, weird. the pros been legit hard to get throughout the year. It's strange because every year it's always been the cheapest iPhone is the best selling iPhone. It's always been that way until last year with the, the mm-hmm. mini was not the best selling phone, but always it's always been the, the cheapest one sells the most. And then yeah. it, it might be a pro or a plus, but that somehow got switched around on both the watch and the phone where people in what many call a recession, no less are buying yeah. the more expensive pro model and the entry That's level. That's why we're in a recession. Apple did it. 
Ah. <laughs> <laughs> so, can I want to jump around, if, if I may. Here we go. Please. I, and maybe I'm in the minority here. I want the biggest iPad humanly possible. Why? <laughs> Why are you that way? <laughs> I think I'm fundamentally broken inside. Do you want um, it to fold? <laughs> I mean, we'll get to fold. Folding is a... Or do you care? I guess it'd be nice if it folded, but I just want to... I'm saying if it's a 25-inch iPad, yeah. it'd be nice to fold it in half. Sure. 25-inch like, iPad. Oh, am, I, am I going to get a 14-inch iPad? Okay, that's more reasonable. Are you asking? Yeah, I'm asking. I mean, yes, but also I'd imagine that you personally are going to get it. <laughs> Will there be a 14-inch iPad? Yeah. Wait, what? And I'm pretty <laughs> sure that this has come from Ross Young as well. Like, Oh, the old, you mean the OLED ones? Yeah. yeah, like there's going to okay. be a massive iPad for no reason. Why? What? Unless <laughs> unless it folds. Why? Just give us a giant thing that well, doesn't fold. Oh. Let's be clear, though. I don't know why Apple calls it 12.9 inches, because the display is almost the exact same size as a 13 inch MacBook Pro. So we already have a 13-inch iPad, basically. We have a 13. So it's only an inch. And if they reduce the bezels only a little inch, bit. Only an inch? That's that's. What I'm saying, if you reduce the bezels a little, right, and just make it a little bigger, you're hitting 14. I guess. So, But even that's massive. Since I'm just making things up with no sources, what if the 14-inch iPad is really just a touchscreen Mac? I would feel better about my life, I think. You guys can't see Andrew's eyes are looking all crazy. Yeah, he's, he's thinking very, he went to a dark looking, place. Lo- looking around. <laughs> <laughs> well that's what it is what if it's a, a surface type device and that's mm. that's what they're it's better du- chance of me buying that over just a massive dozen fold is just an ipad but and big iPad, it's, iPad. It's a, a big ipad with an oled screen obviously doesn't make a huge amount of despite me wanting one doesn't make a huge amount of financial success i'm assuming mm. maybe maybe there's what if it's wrong. ipad ultra there you go ipad ultra I am jumping in. I can no longer remain silent. Silent. Tell us. Same call, ladies and gentlemen. I have let myself back into the podcast. I am <laughs> crashing it. I have gone to heaven and back to get here. Okay. Sounds like a good adventure, though. Listen, the things that you guys are saying are just absolutely ridiculous. Then, then we're talking about folding iPads. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants a foldable iPad. Nobody wants a touchscreen Mac. Well, I kind of want a touchscreen Mac, but... <laughs> <laughs> The foldable stuff needs to die. Everybody who's ever made a sandwich, nope, we're done. No more folding things. No more fold. <laughs> no more tortillas. No more phones. We've gone too far. Do you agree Don't with you me? Think though, we're kind of early. Like we're still. I feel what? like we're still early. Even if you like, I know John Rettinger loves his foldables, right? And I know like mm-hmm. Michael Fisher loves his foldables, right? But I think both would still both also massive admit, nerds. By the way, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I think, but I think they would both admit that it's. As cool as they are, we're still in early innings when it comes to foldables. Like where they are today is not where they're going to be five years from now. Correct. They're going to be gone in five years. (laughs) Yes. Thank you, John. This is such a stupid fad and I can't get over it. Mm, Interesting. So you're predicting it's like 3D TV or something where it's like it's here, but it's it's not going to stick around. We're just doing this because we're bored. It is fascinating and incredible that we can do this, that we can fold displays like this. Wow. Amazing. But this is just a stopgap between what we think is the now, which is like the just flat glass sandwich of a phone, and what is actually the future, which is wearables. That's where we're actually headed. And people that are too short-sighted, that are just used to carrying around this, that they think that we need to – the future is still this, just a different mm-hmm. version of this. 
And so the next reasonable thing, we folded. That's how we got them. The next big product, AR glasses. Yes. I had a hard time seeing a killer use case for AR glasses, but have I just not fallen into the Apple marketing machine yet? Okay, Sam, should we take it? Are we leaving? Is that our, is that, we hang up? <laughs> I, so I so tell, so tell me, correct me. I mean, are you talking about seeing a desktop being virtualized, having a phone in your hand, a keyboard no, show no, up? No, 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 no. Tell me. I just, what, I just what am I missing? Off, I just want to start off by saying, I don't know how you, Mr. John Rettinger, Titan of Technology, X of Techno Buffalo, Snapchat Chad, can sit here and be like, <laughs> foldables are the future, man. But the AR stuff Whoa, that I literally never said foldables are the future. I never said the that. Don't, I said it's the I, future. You're like, I don't know. I don't know about those. I said <laughs> I love foldables. Never said they were the future. He okay, doesn't. Fair enough. Touche. Yeah. He doesn't understand the cool part about AR headset, but man, if we had an iPad that was just an inch bigger. (laughs) Yeah, holy crap. (laughs) Bring it. I can so enlighten my use case that I, and I'm sure others right now are are missing. I am open to the idea if I can see a use case that is like, this is incredible. And And I would like to see that use case. This is what we're expecting Apple to announce in three months. So Sam, what do you envision? So tell me why I should wear goggles on my face with a battery pack on my belt. Okay. <laughs> no one has su- successfully cracked VR yet. Right. True. Fair. We all agree on that fact. We, Facebook's yeah. trying. The Quest 2 is like fun and whatnot, but it's still not all the way there. But yep. Apple has waited so many years after everyone else to do this. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually going to meet you in the middle here. I don't okay. necessarily think that there's going to be a killer game-changing use case from this first VR AR headset. But the okay. later technology that will evolve into the AR-only experience, that is going to be game-changing because everything we know about the phone and how we interact with technology is now going to be seamless because it's attached to like just like the watch makes like text messages easier to glance at. All of these notifications these contextual clues by looking around a room are going to be just built into the glasses and that's going to allow you to basically even just like gps seeing the turns on the road okay like so you, arrows you guys hyped this up like i was missing something incredible and you talked about what could be coming i totally see what could be coming well we don't know what do you mean no Sam just like the future when it's, you know, an oh, AR. Oh, you're talking about this headset Sam, Sam went to like yeah, eight I'm years talking, into the future. I'm talking, about, I'm talking about this headset. Okay, okay. Let me, let me say, you did the say VR AR goggles. headset. You, you said the AR glasses. This is technically a VR product. I'm sorry, you're right. We're talking, right. About, the We're talking AR, about the VR. We're talking about the VR headset. The AR. I, I see the future for AR VR. That I understand. This headset okay. that Apple's getting ready to announce. What is a killer Correct. use case there for a presumably several thousand dollar asking point? What am I missing? Why should people get excited about this unannounced product? John, do you want to well, go? Do you want to share your experience with the world? Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> this is obviously, I think they're going to be shooting for like probably just under a million units of this thing to ship if yeah. they even get that to ship. So I don't think this is a product to convince the masses. I think this is just similar to like LiDAR when it came out. When did okay. LiDAR come out? The 12? 12. 12. All right. Well, LiDAR, for the most part, is actually just gathering data for their AR experiences in the future. And I think that this is one of those things where they get it out on the market, they get developers developing, they start introducing the concept to people, and it'll slowly become less and less weird. It's like 
okay, when phones first started to have cameras, people were kind of weirded out by cameras on phones. Like, oh, you can just take a picture of me anywhere or record videos of me anywhere. But now that's like the main selling point of these phones. That's what people spend a half hour during a presentation to talk about. So I think right now the idea is foreign. This VR headset for the average consumer that is buying Apple stuff, this is Apple's chance to explain to us why AR and VR to Apple is different than it is for the PlayStation or the Quest or or whatever. It's their vision. And I'm very curious to hear Apple explain to us why we should care. I know why we should care, but I'm curious to see what Apple's reasoning is when they go on stage and explain it. For this main VR experience, I mean, I feel like gaming is a, is going to be a huge aspect to this. Similar to my first experience with the Quest was when I first used the Quest, the pandemic had already happened, so mm-hmm. keep that in mind. But yeah. being able to be in a virtual space and like actually see your friend was wild to me. And the Quest isn't yes. perfect, like not even close. Yeah, But it was enough to feel... VR for the promises that it has for us because Sam and I for like the last 12 months made fun of VR AR whenever we talked about this upcoming headset we just kind of like why should people care then we try something as simple as the quest and now we're like completely on board and I think VR for I think a lot of practical use cases come from this too like people that are disabled that can't get to locations that they wish they could get to can't have the same experiences that a lot of people can have i think vr opens up a lot for those people ar as well i think ar is definitely more in line with the mass market that is the future but i think this first one gets us in the door and i will gladly spend three thousand dollars to play crossy road on <laughs> on apple's vr headset I think what I'm looking forward to is, is is trying to understand what the use case is, right? There's always a kind of a one line that summarizes the product that Apple announces, right? The iPad, it was sort of the internet in your hand. The iPhone is three devices in one. The watch notifications on your wrist. Like, what's the the one line they want people to take away from this announcement? I think that's what I'm curious. Cross the road on your face. Cross the road on your face. And listen, I, I see the future for ARV. I think you have to be a fool not to. I'm having a hard time seeing this productized now, I guess. And I understand what you're saying about uh, disabilities and I think being able to do presumably multi-group FaceTime calls with, with avatars sitting in a room is very cool. But I'm wondering if this is Apple's take on a developer product. If this is their developer. Oh, yes. This is their developer edition, although they will never call it that. We haven't seen I Apple would do say anything. That, yeah. We haven't seen Apple do anything that I can recall like that. In I a, mean, for in a coming out of DubDub, yeah. Yeah, they did the developer edition of the Mac mini when they introduced Apple Silicon. But that would sure. really be it. That would really be I, it. I mean, I wonder if that's how this is going to be positioned. Like, listen, we know this is not this is not like a major product for everybody. We want developers to get on board. Here's our vision of what AR VR can be. Get on board with us. If you want to pick up a product, we're happy to sell one to you. But yeah. like stick around for the next few years. because It's going to get exciting. I think it's more than that to them because. We've heard okay. the rumors of them wanting to sell a million. And I know they're when we lobbying think of Apple, to make everyone wear the headset. Get out of here. <laughs> I know when <laughs> we're we doing think of that, Apple. The next podcast, we hear, we're all going to do it on. <laughs> if we hear a million sales, that doesn't sound like a lot, right? For any Apple product. But yeah, remember when they first, when they announced the iPhone originally, they wanted to get 1% market share and it took them to basically it took them the second generation to hit 1% market share. And that's where they wanted to feel yeah. like they were in a good spot. 
Last year, I just looked it up, VR headsets, there were 8.8 million sold. So if Apple sold a million, they've got 10% of the market in the first year, right? So it's a smaller market to capture, but that number puts them in a pretty good spot. That's such a low number, hearing that out loud. 8 million? Right, right, right. Well, here's the other thing is a lot of times, how many tablets were selling before the first iPad was released, right? There's so many things where Apple, like there's been a product category and then we all know the story, like Apple waits and they come out with something and all of a sudden, boom, it explodes. Yeah. So they could be the tipping point on the scale that makes people start getting into it. But like you said, John, like gaming, I can see Apple Arcade. I feel like if you look at Apple's current lineup of everything, you can kind of see, oh, they're laying the foundation for their next big product. Okay. When I get the Quest 2, it sucks that every game is like $30, $40, $50. And how many, I want to try more than one or two things. Okay, Apple Arcade subscription, five bucks a month, and I get access to all this stuff, including VR games. Memojis, right? That, okay, it's cute. You have your stickers and your iMessage and everything, but now you're actually going to be able to be in a room as exciting or scary as that might sound, full of the memojis of your friends and family and having conversations with them having a party with them or whatever. I feel like there's things that I almost feel like a lot of times when Apple announces something that we didn't expect, we can like look behind and be like, oh, I just didn't see it. It was all right there. I just didn't put everything together. There are so many times on this podcast, I feel like I'm talking to an Apple PR rep as a (laughs) co-host. You are. You are. That's okay. Like, (laughs) come to the other side. They send me nothing and you can speak freely, man. It's like a host- it's like a host- it's like a hostage video sometimes with these things. Apple's you got can, a great grand vision for the future. Dear leader will tell us what we need. You can dear find leader will, and, and dear leader will provide. Yeah. All I said was, "Here's the product they have that can go into a headset." That's, listen, well, listen. that's not how you ended that statement. The, so but yeah. To answer and summarize all of these things together, we're hearing there's going to okay. be three killer use cases for the first headset. The first is gaming. The second is communication. The second is consuming media. There's not a single okay. headset that does any of those things. So break those, okay. break those down individually. Break down how they're, okay. like how they're unique. First up, communication. The meta suite of products is actually a disaster. Myself, John, and Saradici tried for like three hours at one point just to get into a business call. And yeah, we, we, d- we did a podcast of Genius Bar literally in VR. Saw it. And it was a nightmare. Yeah. So first thing, okay. if Apple can just make it even okay... They've already gotten all of the markets for <laughs> communication and meetings. Okay. So you're talking simplicity, group FaceTime calls, whether it's an emoji in a virtual room, that kind of thing. Yeah. Think about how they sell FaceTime, like, oh, connection and okay. we're keeping families together or whatever they say. Okay. It'll so, be like that. Okay. So I see that. What's next? Okay. Second is gaming. This is historical. Not, not Apple's bread and butter. Yeah. Historically, where Apple has struggled <laughs> severely. But like Andrew mentions, there's Apple Arcade. and if there's going to be anything that gets well okay let's let's also look at the domino effect of why apple has struggled with gaming to invest okay. in it now on the mac it just doesn't make sense because there's essentially no developer support and no people care so they'd either have to invest billions or trillions on developers to get people to care and then they might never or they have to invest in people caring to get developers to care and it's just kind of this revolving door of things it like doesn't make sense for apple but if there's now like you said 10% of the market 
that wants to play these games and they're looking for stuff to do in their $3,000 headset, I think the interest is going to be there. And the, I mean, let's talk about what drives anything in the market. The money is going to be there for developers to make stuff and for people to buy stuff. So I think you have to quantify gaming. You're not talking about crisis. You're talking about John Prosser's Crossy Road in VR. One of the best games that Sam and I play together is mini golf. But it's oh, like yeah. the style, the awesome. artwork, it doesn't try to be real life. It takes you somewhere else. The scenes are incredibly beautiful. And this is on a $400 headset from Facebook. I will gladly, to me, even 30 bucks for each game is a steal. It takes you somewhere else. You're not even where you're supposed to be. You left. You're gone. For 30 bucks. it took you somewhere else. And remember, the Quest 2 is several years old. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. running an old chip. We're talking about Apple Silicon running in the new headset. And also, yeah, just cheap hardware overall. That experience, even that is exciting to me. But when you use a Quest and anyone that has used one, I think you can use it and immediately see where Apple could do better. Okay. I think you could see where $3,000 would make a difference because the concept of everything is there in the Quest. But It's lacking things that separate you from where it's supposed to take you. Even something as small as resolution. The games look incredible, like the artwork on the mini golf game. It's called Walkabout Mini Golf for anyone who's curious. Please get it. It's incredible. But I can also see every individual pixel. So, like, if we could not do that, that would be great. All right. You guys are, I think it's probably before your time, but Andrew, you might know. Do you remember what won the format war with VHS and Betamax? (laughs) <laughs> you know? I, mean, I, I, mean, I do but, recall VHS winning. But I mean, but do, I always remember VHS won. But do you remember what pushed VHS to win? Do you well, I thought it, I thought it was that it was cheaper. Nope, it was adult content. Uh, okay, I was going to say this, oh, John, really? but I didn't know if I was allowed to bring this up on the podcast. But I have a lot to say about this. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, I, but I think I think it's foolish, and you can't oh, pretend, no. you can't pretend to sell a VR device to people without like at least. You think Ma- Tim Cook's going to mention it? Making it easy for the <laughs> elephant in the room. No, no, but, but, but if you're going to have it to open for developers and you're going to have to like address that elephant in the room and that, that's good. If anything's going to get people to buy something, it's going to be that. Okay, John. Well, as long as it has a video player, right? Okay. Like QuickTime or whatever. All right. All right, Sam, go ahead. Floor I is just want to say this is all speaking from a friend. A friend told me about all of this, you know, just <laughs> okay. for legal reasons. And I'm okay. not the friend. <laughs> yeah. It's a friend on the show. Blink once. No, no, no. Yeah. The friend, the friend is who could say who this friend is. Maybe he's got an at apple.com email address. Who, who could say, but yeah. this friend told me that the world out there is pretty crazy. This friend tells me that some of the content that, that you can find is just like, it sounds goofy. <laughs> and this friend's like, man, you gotta, if you ever just like, I got to experience something new. This friend was like, you know, maybe if you ever have a VR headset, all I'm saying is that based on what this friend told me, the experience is pretty clunky and still confusing and hard. Maybe I shouldn't use the word hard right now, but this is the friend talking. (laughs) I'm just saying if there was this beautiful platform like iOS that now made this whole area of adult content accessible, I'm just saying, as John said, you can't ignore it. And I do think people are underestimating this because I don't think enough people have experienced it. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm saying this without judgment. I'm just saying it exists. And I'm saying- It's a use that, case for technology. And I think if you're talking yes. about what drives some technological innovation, it is that, whether it's for you or not for you, whatever. But I, I agree. Yeah. Wasn't the same thing true with like Blu-ray and HD DVD as well? 
I don't think so. But this doesn't seem like a crazy limitation to me as far as the Apple headset goes, because you have iPhones, you have iPads, you have Macs, and you can but access But they don't put you in it. Right, no, but what I'm saying is, <laughs> while it's not in the App Store, all you have in to do is junk. open Safari, right? Yeah. So I would assume if the headset has a web browser, you're safe. You're good to go. That's what you have to do on the Quest if people were to do it. <laughs> do you have a friend on the show too john <laughs> yeah no, my I, friend on the show well, also told me that john that was our retinger i guess i should say because there's two johns now with both spelled yeah. without the h which is always kind of throwing me off but basically if you correct way. if you circle to the third point that i was going to make about the killer use case it is watching yes. content so yes you'll be able to sit in a virtual movie theater i don't know that to me is still did gimmicky. you say a virtual movie theater or a virtual booby theater no i said a movie theater because we're talking about watching content <laughs> brother man so was i <laughs> and yeah i mean i don't know john and i we've done this on the quest it's fine like you can watch you literally i think watched like a tv or like the office or something okay then... i would like to no fine it's incredible you can sit in a movie theater and watch movies either with just your friend or you can just sit in a movie theater full of strangers like real life and watch movies, actual movies that are out. That's crazy. That is cool. Yeah. For me, that didn't do much. But I, yeah, I understand the use cases there. And I'm just saying. Maybe it was the 400 pixel resolution. Yeah. That's why I'm saying. Now, I want to counter everything I just said by talking about this report that we got recently. That basically Apple designers said that the product wasn't ready and they should wait until technology yeah. evolves recently. Well, sorry, they said, I think they said this in like 2020. And then I need to jump in. Okay. He's got a thing. He's got a finger. I need to jump in on this. You're talking about he's the Financial Times article. Here comes the PR he's department. Got a, he's got a friend. <laughs> no, no, no. This is just, and hey, hey, I love Dan Barbera and Mac rumors, but there was some twisting of words here. The Financial Times reported that Tim Cook sided with the operations team led by Jeff Williams to ship a VR headset while the design team wanted to wait for lighter AR glasses to be ready, which Mac rumors turned into Apple CEO Tim Cook ordered headset launch despite designers warning it wasn't ready. They never said it wasn't ready. What they said was we'd rather do this other product. They never said this other product's not ready. And Tim Cook said, it's not ready, ship it anyway. That was never part of the report, but that was what Mac rumors turned the headlight into, but that was never part of the story. So I just wanted to yeah. throw that out there. And also, Apple, by the way, Apple PR is relentless on this call. My no, 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 no. This is all company PR. This is all company PR, by the way. <laughs> if, is it, isn't it the job hmm. of the CEO to determine what gets made and what Damn. doesn't and not a designer? Isn't that the, the CEO's job? Well, like, how is that news that Tim Cook decided let's ship a product as opposed to a design team? So one thing I never told anybody when I talked about getting blacklisted by Apple and they called to yell at me, it was actually Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the whole video is about. Yeah. <laughs> and now it comes out. He just walked off like he dropped he's, the mic. He he's literally gone. walked away. He's gone. Well, listen. No, but I thought that whole thing was weird because a CEO's job is literally they make the decision about what products are being made and what's not being made. And it also, the way Apple works there's an AR VR team of over a thousand people working on this stuff. So the design team isn't the AR team. <laughs> so when they say the design team wanted to wait for this other thing. Are you on the team? <laughs> no, I'm not on the I team. I think it is. <laughs> He's no, like, sounds like you're saying right for your Sarah team. He's like, Jack, this, on Friday, we had a this, meeting. No, no, yeah. no. What when I'm this team meets every is, Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7 45. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, the meeting's at 15. I got, no. What I'm saying is the way Apple works, 
There is obviously the executive team, the CEO. There is a product design team. The product marketing team at Apple, it's more product than marketing. So the product marketing team also works on products. Like the iPod's click wheel came from the product marketing team. And then there's a dedicated AR VR team. So the way the article is written, it sounds like there's one guy on the design team's like, hey, we want to do this. And then Tim was like, no, we're going to do what Jeff Williams said. But it doesn't take into account all the other teams that work on this as well. I thought it was a strange article that didn't give the full picture of how these products are made at Apple. Isn't that what news is? Well, it made it sound like there were these two people that wanted to do two different things. And Tim was like, we're going to go with him. And then done. And also, didn't this happen years ago? Like, it's not something that happened yesterday. Yes. I believe German said that this decision was made in 2020. Yeah. I don't know. So this is like a bunch of the stories messed up. What were you going to say, Sam? I was just going to say. Tell us how amazing a yellow iPhone is. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell us how it's innovative. (laughs) Yeah. I don't even know where it is. Oh, my God. I don't know where it is. Of course. So I want to counter that by saying I saw that this was a thing because of Mac rumors, but doing my due diligence as a journalist, I went and read the Financial Times. And that statement that I made was based off of the takeaway from the Financial Times, which is... Mm -hmm. I don't think this product is going to be as magical of a launch as products before. And this is coming from the number one Apple fanboy. And I say this (laughs) because if you're telling me that Apple is going to make you wear a battery pack on your waist, it's not there yet. Just straight up, it's not where Apple usually launches products. This is what I said. And you looked at me like I had 17 heads. Well, and they gave me like six introductions. <laughs> well, you did, but that's because you said you didn't get this product at all. And I think we've changed your mind a little bit to get to give you some killer use case. No, no, you, you're you're speaking at both sides of your mouth, man. You're saying you're <laughs> I'm calling. You're saying, oh, it's going to be amazing. Here's your use case, but also like, eh, I think people are going to get how magical it's going to be. All I was saying was, I don't see a use case for this product. Not, I don't see a roadmap for future products. But I'm saying I think we just illustrated three pretty killer use cases of watching content, talking with people, and gaming that don't exist in the market right now that Apple can make an impact. I'm saying holistically – sorry, I take that back. Holistically, I think you should see why it's going to be killer. Specifically, there are going to be parts of it that are launching earlier than an Apple product historically does where the battery pack is on your waist with a little wire coming out rather than integrated into the device because we are not there technology-wise. Mm. It's going to be MagSafe right there that'd be cool i mean i'm knock okay. it off while you're walking i don't know if Actually, i want to be mag safe because that's a little too loose like i don't want to be in the middle of it and then it just bump into something and just go that's flying. yeah that sounds very likely though now that he said that out loud yeah rather than getting pulled off your face yeah listen mm. sources sources tell me <laughs> and I, and I, don't tell me nothing i just i'm meant to make stuff up I mean, this product and then really the point of the Financial Times article was to say that this is going to be Cook's legacy that he leaves. And if this is too early, like they I don't think they were more leaving it up to us to interpret, which like, is it going to be too early or not? Like, it's fun journalism to say they're kind of pushing a narrative of like they think it's too early, but they're like, well, hey, we'll have to see what happens when it launches. And I agree still like (laughs) to this day, we have not seen it. And maybe the battery pack is going to be cool. <laughs> maybe it's going to be a braided cord unlike that we've ever seen. Maybe it's going to be a beautiful, <laughs> big braided lightning cord. They use lightning. Oh, my God. I didn't even this? think about that. <laughs> oh, my God. That just made me angry when you said that. <sighs> I just sent Andrew a video of himself. I sat here and slowly zoomed into his face because he just looked like he 
He just looked upset, and so I texted him and said, Apple PR waiting to strike. <laughs> He's just in the background laughing. <laughs> it was hilarious. Okay, hey. But also VR true. headset, I am excited. I'm just excited to see something new. Yeah, I bet so you are. Bring me I mean, something I new. Well. I want to see it. <laughs> and, and, and WWDC, man. WWDC. We're three months away from potentially, hopefully, if all rumors are correct, seeing the next big major apple product since the apple watch probably why are you excited about it apple me well first of all i like the quest 2 a lot i think i understand what you guys were saying about how it's not where we want to be just like the first apple watch it wasn't what it was going to turn into but as someone who just i've loved tech and gadgets since i was four years old right that's why i do what i do on, on a daily basis like i love this stuff and been part of apple pr since you were five (laughs) if i worked in a different industry i would still be purchasing these things and playing with them because i just love it so much so being able to see what's coming next and trying it out and and talking about it on on youtube and on the show here and all that to me that is kind of like what i live for and the quest too i feel like is so good even for its shortcomings it's so good and it's It's incredible several years old what are you going to be able to do with something that's not just newer, but has two M2 chips in it or an M2 Pro, whatever it's going to be? On the M2 Mac Mini, I was able to play Resident Evil Village and it looked pretty damn good. It was running at like 117 frames per second, maxed out settings on an M2 Pro Mac Mini. So mm-hmm. if that's what you can do on there, obviously you don't have the same heat dissipation on your face, but it gives a clue as to what the visual fidelity could be. So I'm just curious. First of all, the Quest 2 isn't bad, but it's also like Facebook is not in a position to make a great VR product. They could, but I don't think they can afford to do it because there won't be enough people to buy it. For them to make it great, the price that they would have to charge for a new product category, people just aren't willing to do it. I think if any company is going to be able to put all the technology they possibly can into a $3,000 headset and get people to buy it, it's Apple. Even if they know they're going to sell a million units or under. The Quest 2 is the best VR experience you can have right now. Not in terms of quality, in terms of how accessible it is. You can yeah. spend $400 You don't need to plug it into a computer. You can just stand in an open room and you are somewhere else. That's incredible to me. Even if the games are 30 bucks, that is extremely affordable to me. That's still less than a PlayStation game. And it Mm -hmm. takes you to a completely different world. To me, the Quest is one of those products. And I hate to say it because it's Facebook. The Quest changed my life. It changed my life in terms of how I view technology, where I view technology, and it got me even more excited to see Apple dump a bunch of money into a headset. We got MetaQuest PR. We got Apple PR. Who's next? Yep. I want to revisit this conversation after this headset inevitably comes out later in the year. Because I'm wondering mm. if we're going to talk, if we're talking about headsets that exist right now, same way we talked about the best cell phones that existed before the iPhone. Are we talking mm. about the BlackBerry Pearl here with the sort of the Quest 2? Is it going to be completely Right. Changed? That's a good question. Or is it going to be another just Apple's take on what Facebook has? Or well, you guys are right on time. Andrew schedules these guest appearances <laughs> guest appearances three months out. So let's just schedule a show right now for after dub time. I mean, I think that makes sense. I'm going to end this, guys. This is one of the most lively podcasts 
Thank you for joining had. us, John Prosser and Sam for jumping in in the middle Woo! and just thank coming you, in hot you with guys. the, with the taste. It. That I was fun. Thank you. thank you. Thank you. And that is it for this edition of Geared Up. Thank you so much for listening. Of course, you can catch John and I on YouTube. I'm at youtube.com slash gear live. And John is at youtube.com slash John for Lakers. Feel free to head over and subscribe to our channels to stay up to date on all the latest tech. Speaking of subscribing, you can subscribe to Geared Up in your favorite podcast app if you haven't done so already. Just search Geared Up. That's two words, not one in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Casts, Overcast, or really wherever you choose to listen. If you like what we do, please consider leaving us a rating and review. It really helps other people find the show. Geared Up is a Gear Live podcast, and you can see more from us at GearLive.com. Thank you so much for listening. For John Rettinger, I'm Andrew Edwards, and we'll catch you in the next episode.